UTL Radio welcomes you to this episode of Understanding Business, a weekly radio program focused around business and personal development topics. The program is hosted by nationally recognized business attorney Peter Lamont and is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and Associates. As always, we welcome input and feedback from you, the listener, and we encourage you to join in the conversation by calling the live program at 347-855-8831 or by contacting us via our social media sites. Links to our various sites are listed on our main website, utlradio.com. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, good morning and welcome to this special episode of Understanding Business. Today is November 26th, the day before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And today we've got a very special guest and a very special and important topic, not just for this time of the year, but for all all the year, all, all year round. We've got Marie Rieger, the Executive Director of Eva's Village, and we're going to be speaking with her about the wonderful work that they do over at Eva's Village, how they help so many of the people in our immediate community, you know, most of you know that our main office, our home office, is is based in Hawthorne, New Jersey, and it's only you know a, a hop, skip, and a jump away from where Eva's Kitchen is, or Eva's Village, and we're going to talk about the wonderful things that they do there and why it's so important to to donate and to give time and money to organizations like Eva's. Uh, but before we get into that, and I introduce Marie, I just want to thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks on the Internet. Audible has a massive library of more than 100,000 audio programs, and they're providing our listeners with an exclusive offer. All you have to do is go over to audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio, and you can download an absolutely free audiobook. Uh, no strings attached. It's well worth it, so check that out. I also want to remind everybody... Uh, how important it is for us to receive your feedback and comments. It helps us provide you with better content and better guests and better discussions. So, you know, join in Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. All of the links to our social media pages can be found at utlradio.com. And if you have any questions or you want to join today's discussion, call the switchboard at 347-855-8831. So, Let's get going. I'd like to introduce Marie. Marie, thank you so much for being on today and taking the time on this uh, less than pleasant weather-wise day right before Thanksgiving. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. It's not too nice outside, but we're here at Eva's working away. No, and and it's really, um, you know, the day like this, I think, you know, people start to think about, wow, you know, I'm here, I'm in a house, I've got heat, I've got, you know, a car, and there's so many people out there in the world that don't, and uh, it, it's days like this where you know it's so important that you guys do what you do, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Let's talk first, Marie, about your background so that people get to know who you are and how you came to be at Eva's Village. Okay. Um, when I, before I became executive director here at Eva's Village, I was the chief financial officer for about seven years, and I've spent my entire career working in nonprofits. Uh, from nonprofits taking care of senior citizens to nonprofits taking care of children and the child welfare 
department, and even before that, I was auditing nonprofits because I worked for a public accounting firm. So my background was initially in accounting. So to go from accounting and public accounting to becoming the, the executive director here at Eva's was a big stretch. And I'd never in a million years, if you had asked me over 20 years ago, would this what I would wind up doing? I would have said you were crazy. But I love it. Um, I, I have the privilege. I look at it as being the privilege of being the executive director here. Uh, I've been entrusted with this organization to run it daily, and I can't think of a better place that I would want to spend my time. No, and it's a really great thing, and I want to introduce those people who don't know about EVAs. You know, for, for those people who are in the general area where our home office is, most everybody is familiar with it, but, you know, we've reached out to so many people across the country, and we get a lot of, of questions about, you know, what organizations are you guys connected with? And, um, you know, because I'll tell you this, Marie, there's so many people out there that, that hear charitable organizations and they look at salaries of some of the public employees or the non-for-profit employees and they say, you know, look at this. This is not really going towards where we want it to go. And that's a big difference between your organization because, you know, it's not just money coming in. It's a direct impact on people's lives. So let's explain for those people who are not familiar with EVAs what the mission of EVAs is, and then let's get into the history of it. So let's first start with what is your, your mission? What is the plan that you guys have, and what do you do on a daily basis? Well, our mission is to feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, treat the addicted, and provide medical and dental care to the poor while respecting the human dignity of each individual. And it is really that mission that drives us each and every day. Uh, we feed the hungry every day, 365 days a year. We have lunch provided for them, and we do this. It winds up being we serve more than 135,000 meals a year. Wow. Uh, that has been an increase of over 23% since 2007. So a tremendous amount of people are coming to us in need every single day. Uh, the kitchen was, is really the heart of Eva's. It's the oldest component of our organization. Uh, what sets our community kitchen apart from others, I think, many times, is that our uh, clients who come to us, the people who come to us to eat every day, they're served. They're not in the chow line. They're not waiting to get their meal. They're served by our volunteers. So if it wasn't for volunteers every day, we would have a lot of problems, too, because we need so many people to help feed all these people. Right. Uh, we, we serve them. They have a plate, utensils. You know, it's, there's making sure that their dignity is respected at all times. So that was our first mission of feeding the hungry. Uh, our next mission is to shelter the homeless. We have three shelters. We have one for men, one for women, and one for women who have their children with them. And those are also open. Th you know, everything we do here is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, basically. We have, uh, for treating the addicted, we have multiple programs for that. We have a recovery program for men that we have 103 beds. We have a recovery program for women where they have 36 beds. And we also have a recovery program for women who have their children with them or in the process of getting their children back, that we have 24 beds for them. Uh, a big barrier a lot of times to women getting the help that they need is they're afraid to admit that they need help because they don't want to lose their children. Right. So here, they're able to keep their children, or if they have lost their children, we're able to reunite them. So we're able to build that family back, which is so important to being able to break the cycle moving forward. You're building the family. We provide after-school activities. We have an after-school program for the children who are school age. We have child care for the children who are living with their moms while their moms are going to meetings or different things that they have to do. 
uh, and we have parenting classes and groups come in and all kinds of stuff like that, which is great because it's healing that family. We also have an outpatient program where we have people who are receiving treatment during day or nighttime for substance abuse problems. We have a mental health uh, program for people who are experiencing those kind of issues. We have our recovery center, which is the first one in the state of New Jersey, where it's a peer-driven program. So it's based on the needs of the people who are coming to us at that point in time. And it's really a group and a program that shows people who are in recovery that just because you're in recovery doesn't mean you can't still have fun. So they have dances and do groups and all kinds of stuff like that just so that people still feel that people understand them. They understand. They've been there. They've done that. And then we have our medical and dental program where we have one of the few free clinics in the state of New Jersey for medical. And people come to us five days a week to receive medical services. And dental is open to clients of our shelters as well as other shelters here in the city of Patterson. Uh, So that's really the big pieces of our mission. And we also have uh, an affordable housing complex. We have 50 units of affordable housing, all within, if you look at our map, you would see that it's all within a couple of square blocks of each other. So we truly are a village. So while we started as the kitchen, we've grown to be a village. Wow. And, you know, for those people that that might not have had any experience, because, you know, a lot of our listeners are business owners and they're people that – haven't had to to see that you know other side of of life as as people sort sort of refer to it uh, occasionally refer to it um and and so they don't understand so let me ask you this how much do you charge people who need medical attention people who need a meal how much do you charge them we don't charge them anything yeah and uh, our meals <laughs> our meals are 100% free of charge, no questions asked. If you come to our doors, we're going to feed you because you're hungry. That's our number one concern is taking care of you because you're hungry. If you're sick and you need medical attention, uh, we do not charge. So See, we, that, like we said, we're one of the free clinics. It's really amazing, and I think that people have to understand what a value, what a benefit that, that you guys are providing because you're not asking these people for money. You are accepting them as they are. Now, what about, um, you know, because, look, we have to address, unfortunately, a lot of cynics out there when it comes to charitable giving. And I think that, unfortunately, um, you know, I think people have bad taste in their mouth. Remember back in the 80s, USA for Africa, and there was this whole thing about the money not going to Africa. And all these organizations you hear about, unfortunately, set up as not-for-profit companies and are really booking people. And I want to sort of distinguish an organization like EVA's from some other scams and explain to people that this is, you're giving a free, not about making money profit. And it's very important because, you know, you guys are, are uh, I think I read, rated one of the top charities in the whole United States. Yeah, we've received the four-star rating from Charity Navigator, which is the highest rating that you can get for seven consecutive years. So yeah, we're very careful with the money that we've been donated. Now, let me ask this. As far as people... Peter, I'm having a problem with my phone line. I'm getting only half the words that you say. Okay. I'm going to go slow then. Uh, could be the weather. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can get you now. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. When people come to shelter or they come for a meal, 
what sort of proof do you require from them in order to get access to the services? We don't require any proof. Uh, when you show up at our doors at the kitchen, we let you in. Uh, we ask for nothing in return. We just ask that you come in and eat your meal and enjoy it while you're here. Uh, with regards to our shelters, uh, there is a process that people go through. It's, a, you know, an app, it's not really an application, but it's information regarding the person uh, to ensure that, they meet, that we can meet their needs. Um, if for some reason someone we cannot meet their needs, uh, we're able to refer them to someplace else. Um, also, if we're full, we have an access center that works with people who come to us every day. Um, if we're full and we're unable to take somebody in, they work with other organizations within the city of Patterson to help get the person the needs that they, you know, the help that they need. So we don't really we don't ask for any paperwork or anything like that. What we do after you're here is we do work with people to try to get them if they need IDs and so on. We work with them and the county and so on with the state to try to get them the information that they need. And that's something that people need to understand. You know, again, this is really, you know, I can't say enough about EVAs, and I think it's so important that we get this information across, that this is pure charity. Um, you know, the organization was founded when, Marie? Back in 1982, I think, right? In 1982, we were founded by Monsignor Puma. Um, who was distressed at the plight of the poverty of so many people here in Patterson. And Monsignor started serving hot dogs and beans to 30 people in the basement of St. John's Convent across the street from where Eva's Village is now. Uh, so in 32 years, we've grown from you know hot dogs and beans for 30 people to over 17 programs. We have more than 350 people living with us each and every day. We serve between 350 to 500 meals a day. Uh, our budget has grown to uh, just right under the $10 million mark over that time as well. Now, as far as your, your budget, since you mentioned it, where does the money come from? Uh, our money comes from about 50% of it comes from government grants and contracts and so on. The remaining 50%, uh, it comes from uh, so many of our generous corporations, foundations, organizations, and individual donors. Uh, we have corporate teams that come through. Um, who serve in the kitchen and sponsor a meal uh, to you know to show their social responsibility of the corporations. We have different programs where we bring different co- companies in where they're able to do like a day of service, learn more about Eva's Village, and serve in the kitchen. Uh, we also have volunteer opportunities that come through that, mock job fairs for our clients to be able to practice their interviewing skills so when they leave here they're able to you know work on getting a job um, as well as serving in the kitchen. There's so much that you guys are doing, and you, know, you you touched something that we on this program have talked about often, which is you know corporate social responsibility and and the abilities that corporations have with respect to helping those in need. I think are so often overlooked or uh, deemed to be simply a tax deduction, and I think that way of thinking has to change because you know when you are in business, when you are a corporation, whether whether it's it's a major corporation in the U.S. or you own a pizza joint, whatever it might be, you know when you can give back. It's so important, I think, for companies to give back to the community. And, you know, it's it's really interesting what you said about the corporations and the companies that you have coming through and actually getting their hands dirty, getting involved with serving, and that's so much more. And and for me, so much more fulfilling than to just give somebody a check. 
And I'm not knocking those people that make those monetary donations, but you know, to be able to actually go see the impact that your your donation, your time has on somebody, I think is amazing and fulfilling. Do you get that from from you know the the corporate uh, members that you deal with? Have you ever had anybody say to you, "Wow, I really feel this," as opposed to just doing? It? Oh, so many times. Uh, I've had so many groups come to me afterwards and say, "You know, I thought I was coming here to give." back and to do something for them, but I receive so much more in return. Uh, so many of our people who come in to volunteer, when they're out there and they're serving people in the kitchen, and they're, you know, they get so much out of it because the smile on their face. So often, uh, people who are in dire straits or homeless or situations like that, people tend to overlook them. Um, many times it's, I think, it's because they, they feel uncomfortable because they feel bad that they have more than that person does or they don't know what to do and they feel like their hands are tied. Uh, whereas when you're in the kitchen, you're in there. You're talking, you're joking around with the people, you're feeding them the meal, and the people who are getting the meal are so appreciative. So so many of the corporate groups come back and say, wow, I got back a lot more than I even felt that I was going to give, so that's, which is a great feeling uh, for them. You know, and, and people are going to say, oh, that's so cliche, but it's not. I mean, look, I've been... <laughs> personally involved in giving scenarios where I've actually been involved in direct contact situations. And it truly does have an impact on you. I mean, I think you have to be a really cold, heartless person not to be touched by the direct human contact when you see how your actions are directly affecting another human being. And, you know, a point you make, which is so important, is that people look at people that are homeless or poor or disabled and and they do. They look away. And it's partially, I think, what you said. And I think, you know, another part of it is, um, you know, it's easier to just ignore that side of life and go on, on, you know, your way of living and just put that aside. Don't even look at that. I don't even want to look look there. And that's not the way that we as as, you know, community citizens really should be focusing. I mean, we really should look to try to help people when we can. Um, and I think that that's an important point to make. I mean, there is this real physical connection. And for those people out there, those companies or business people who, who regularly listen to this show, you know, I challenge you to go out and get involved in a giving scenario where you are actually having direct interaction with people and then come back and tell me that it doesn't have a direct impact on you. Uh, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Now, um, I want to jump ahead a little bit and kind of go out of order in the way that I, I wanted to talk to you about this. But since we're on this idea of direct contact and helping, if there's a company out there that wants to get involved with you, what should they do? They should go to our website, which is www.evasvillage.org, and we have a link to our volunteer coordinator. Our volunteer coordinator is the person here who sets up all the volunteer opportunities, whether it's serving in the kitchen or doing other things with us, toy drives, etc. That's really the best place to get involved or to call Eva's Village and ask for our volunteer coordinator. Now, if somebody says to themselves, oh, you know, I want to get involved, but I only have, you know, a day or so to, to give. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants my day. Um, what do you say to people that, that think that? Oh, that's so untrue. A day is great. I mean, if you can only give a day, that's great to give that day. If it wasn't for volunteers, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. 
And that's made up of many people's individual days. You know, it doesn't have to be that you're making a lifelong commitment, but if you want to come and volunteer and give of yourself, you never know. You might get bitten by that volunteer bug and you might want to come back again. Uh, but it's one day is fine. I mean, it, it does make a difference. Every little bit helps, whether it's financial, whether it's volunteering, every little bit counts uh, towards what we do here. It helps so many. You know, and I think this is what sets you guys apart from so many other organizations because I've dealt with clients who have said to me, you know, I went to this organization and I offered to donate something and they told me it was too little. And and I say to these people, well, I think you're going towards the wrong organizations because, like you said, every little bit helps. And I think all those people out there that regularly listen to this show, you have to understand that there are organizations like, like Eva's that, you know, when they, when you hear somebody say every little bit helps – that should signify to you that this is a reputable organization that's truly helping people. Because, you know, we have, we have varied talents. Some people have more money than others. Some people might want to donate $5. Other people could donate $5,000. And it's a wonderful thing, Marie, to hear you say that you take everything. Nothing's too small. Nobody's turned away. No, we, 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 you know, we, we are here because of so many volunteers and, and the people that have put their faith in what we do. And we're very lucky. And I look at that as, you know, that's one of my big jobs here is being the steward of what people have given to us, whether it's the $5, the $10, the 5000 or even greater. Um, you know, it's very important for us to work with that and we're able to help a meal for somebody doesn't cost a lot of money here, but you know when you're serving 350 to 400 people, it yeah it all adds up. So every little bit that comes in is able to help defray that cost. And and don't be afraid to to give what you can, whether it's time or money. Give what you can because Eva's will accept it, and that's it's a wonderful thing. And I think that you need to to focus on giving what you can because it's going to have an impact on somebody's life. You know, I want to talk to you for a second about some of the direct contact that you've had with people and, and kind of share some of the emotion and things that you see. I would imagine that you're seeing a whole host of different scenarios and, and social situations, um, homeless and, and, and the addicted. And when you see these people, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about some of the emotion that you feel when you're helping these people and what sort of things you've experienced and maybe a, a story or two about somebody that's touched your life that you've helped there? Um, there I mean, there's so many I could go on for days, so I won't do that. But uh, I've had where in conversations with somebody who's eating in our kitchen, our community kitchen at lunch, um, who's someone who in this case, in their case, they were the working poor. So they weren't specifically homeless, but they were poor. And, you know, we were talking about them coming and what could they do, you know, where else could they, you know, what other services they could get from here at Eva's. And one of the things that they told me was that they were eating their lunch here because then that meant they didn't have to eat dinner. And that meant their family could have more to eat at dinner time. And that was one of the situations that really, you know, touched me that this gentleman was doing that to make sure that his family was able to eat more at night and that he wouldn't have to uh, take the food from them. Um, we have a situation sometimes where we have our holiday shop where our clients and anyone who's here who's living with us who has children is able to go shopping for Christmas gifts, for holiday gifts for their children. 
and seeing uh, a lot of times, you know, the women, they're shopping for their children and, it, you know, it's, it's more almost normal looking uh, because they're shopping for their kids. And you kind of think of women shopping for their kids. But when you see the dads shopping right. for their kids and their dads are looking and trying to figure out what's the best princess doll for their three-year-old daughter and they're putting so much time and effort into trying to make sure they get the perfect thing for their child. And one gentleman said, you know, I've done nothing but screw up to get here, and I've had nothing but blessings since I've been here. That's one of those moments where you're like, oh, you know, you're able to help someone. We have people who, uh, there was a woman who was living on the street for a very long time, and we kept trying to get her to come into the shelter, and she just wasn't ready. Now she's finally in the shelter, and she's very happy there. And she's no, no longer living on the street, and she's been out on the street for years. And now we're able to keep her safe and protected in our shelter. You know, the moms who get their kids back. I mean, the, the list could go on and on. Well, it really is amazing, and I think that anybody you know listening, if you're not touched by this, I think you've got to you know go get yourself looked at because – these are, you know, these are amazing, touching stories, and people so often look at the homeless or the poor, and and they they don't even see them as people. And I want to talk for a second about something that um, you know kind of has a, a negative overtone, but I think it's really important to address because I think that uh, if we can sort of dispel some of uh, the myths about what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, I think it might help people understand why it's so important to give. There are those people out there, you know, I call them the Scrooges, the ones that, that, you know, let the die decrease the surplus population. They need something or didn't something to get them there. And have you encountered that sort of attitude? With regards to responding to any of the Scrooges of the world, um, People, while they did stuff in some cases to get into their own situation, uh, we've all made bad decisions in our lives. We've all made mistakes. Some mistakes are worse than others. Um, I don't think many cases people don't want to give to the poor because they gave their own misery. Um, what about the children, the children that are here? What if they, they didn't do anything? Um, they were born. That's the only thing they've done. Um, and they're... I don't think what we do here is we are truly based on the gospel of St. Matthew. As you did to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me, which is why we try to help everyone without judgment. We are, even where hope begins, and we're able to take people from the mistakes that they've made. I mean, we've all done mistakes. I mean, I'd like to see someone who hasn't made a mistake in their life. Um, And I'd say in most cases, when you look at people who have substance abuse problems, um, I'd say most families in this country and probably in the world have been touched by substance abuse in some form or another. Um, some people just took it further than others. But we're here to help people get their lives back on track. Yeah, and, and that's you know something that I cannot stand to hear when people say, well, you know what, they, they got themselves into this situation, now let them get, get out. Sometimes all they need is a helping hand because you're right, I mean, it's a bad decision. You know, you, you go down one path instead of the other and it can affect your life in ways that you can't imagine. But does that mean there's no second chance and there's no help? And that's why I think your organization is so amazing. Now, when people come in uh, and you're feeding them and you're helping them, is the the goal for some of these people to uh, sort of 
fix their situation, go out and get a job, and and kind of be reintroduced into society, having been given given a second chance. Is that is that part of the goal? Oh, that's a huge part of our goals here. Uh, we have people who started by coming into into our community kitchen, and went through from there to the shelter to the substance abuse programs, and now have jobs. Um, but quite possibly might be working here at Eva's Village. Uh, we also have one of the big things, our newest ventures that we went into was our culinary school, and that came from a desire of helping our clients and for people in the community to be able to get jobs. So we have a five-month culinary program, and we've had one full class already graduate, and 90% of that full class has full-time jobs. Wow, so that's... we've been very successful in that, which is awesome. And we're about to have our second class graduate in a couple of weeks. That's really, really amazing. I mean, that's it's it's wonderful to hear that because you know you're giving people more than a meal. You're giving them. You said you know Eva's Eva's is hope, and you're giving them that hope. And and you're saying you know we can help you, and you can fix where you are, and you can go out and you can be okay. Do you know people? Have you you know um, dealt with people directly who have come into the kitchen and now are um, you know, happy, successful people? Oh, there are quite a few of them, yes. Uh, one woman who is graduating our culinary school was eating in our kitchen just last year. And she's now graduating from our culinary school in a couple of weeks. Wow, that's so amazing. So if that's not a success story, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? If people don't donate their time and money to Eva's, then these programs can't go on because – you know, you talked about your funding coming 50% from grants and the government, but where's that other 50% coming from? And that's coming from people, you know, like us, people that are uh, business owners and, 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 you know, our children and our friends and our families. And it's so important because if you guys don't get that other 50% from corporate and personal donations and volunteers, you're not going to be able to go on. No, because it, when when corporations and volunteers and individual donors, when they donate money, that money is truly going to the most basic of the human needs, feeding someone and sheltering them. Where we receive government funds for is for the treatment programs. But when it comes to putting that meal in front of somebody, feeding them, I mean, how much more basic can you get? Feeding the hungry and sheltering the homeless. I mean, th- those are two things that everyone in this world should be entitled to, to not be hungry and have a roof over their head. Those items are where the donations and the, uh, all the donations monies come, go to because those are not funded through any type of, real, of government assistance. No, and you're feeding people 365 days a year, and without those donations, then you can't continue to do that. And that's why it's so important for our listeners and the people, you know, our clients, our listeners, the people that, um, that, that find our show, listen to this episode and understand, you know, the, the – the real need for corporate social responsibility. Now, you know, at this time of year, Marie, I'm sure you you see more charitable giving at this time of year because um, it's the holidays, and so people very often feel more charitable. But you know, I question what about what happens in June and what happens in May. You know, the homeless are still homeless, right? The homeless so, are still homeless. That 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 doesn't change. Uh, what we do is we do see a large uptick in donations during the months of November, December, and January because that is when people start to really think about it. It starts to get cold outside. Uh, people start to think about what they have, what someone else doesn't. 
uh, the idea of thanksgiving, you know, giving thanks for what we have and being able to want to share that with others. Uh, donations at times, they do slow down during the summer because people aren't thinking along those lines. But that's why we also have to be very careful with all the donations that we get in in November and December and January and make sure that things for us, for cash flow purposes, stay the same for us. Um, we have to work very hard on you know managing every dollar. When you talk about how we've got that seven, you know, for seven years we've had the four-star rating, we have, eight, you know, 86 to 87 cents of every dollar goes directly to a program. You know, that's a large number to yeah, make sure is. that we, you know, we're going, it's going to the program. That's going to feed people. You know, it's going you know, to put that roof over their head. So. And you, know, you said something to me before we went live on the air uh, about people thinking that, you know, it's cold outside, they need shelter because it's cold. But, you know, what about in the summer when it's 105 degrees, people come into your, your, your shelters to get out of the heat? And I yep. think that it's important for people to understand that the time for giving is 365 days a year, not simply November, December, and January, because that's the time where we all feel festive and thankful. What about the rest of the year? Don't forget people in need throughout the year, because whether they're too cold or too hot, they need help. You know, if it's too cold out, and they need to come into the shelter. I think that's where most people think. Let's let's keep people warm in winter. But what about keeping people cool in the summer? What about feeding people in the summer? You know, while people in business are all off on vacations and their families are on vacations, the people that you guys are helping still need help. Yes, and, our people need help 365 days a year. And it's, it's got to be, um, I mean, you having the financial background that you do, and and having been an auditor, seeing what people do with the money in other organizations, it's got to be tough to balance those donations, as you were just talking about, that come in in these three, um, these three months and make it last throughout the year. You know, I mean, people can't even balance their checkbook. So it's a lot <laughs> of sure that you have enough money to feed people throughout the year. It's very important, and it is difficult. We, you know, we need to... You know, you need to penny pinch here. Um, we have, since we're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we've got 170 staff because people need to be here whenever there's somebody here. So uh, we operate every day. Uh, so we have staff. We have 170 staff, almost 100 of which are full-time. Wow. You know, it, it was a lot. Yeah, that's, people don't realize that a lot of times. And, you know, and. Not only do we need to feed people every day we, and pay for that, we also need to take care of the – we have to pay the staff that's here to feed them, uh, which is important. Yeah. And during yeah. the summertime, we, you know, the homeless don't go on vacation. They're still here. So we need to make sure, like you said, getting into the – you know, during the summertime, someone comes into the kitchen just to get that respite out of the, the, the sun. During the wintertime, they're coming in to get that respite to get out of the – you know, right now it's snowing. Um you know, they they don't want to be outside in the snow, and I can't say that I blame them, uh, to get in for a little while, take a break, and, you know, be able to pull themselves together to be able to go back out there if they're not in a situation where they have housing. Yeah, it's it's really, I think, something that we need to focus on um, more than just this time of year. And, and it's really, you know, it, it's it's hard when you are having fun and you're involved in your own lives, it's hard to, to think about those people who have less, but it's so important. 
And, you know, you're involved in it every single day. So I would imagine that while you're having Thanksgiving with your family, you've got to be thinking about the people that you are helping on a daily basis and, you know, worrying and wondering about them as well. Oh, yeah, I, I, I worry about Eva's people all the time. <laughs> um, but like I said, I love it. Uh, I think it's very important for us to share with our families, too, the meaning of what Thanksgiving would mean for for people here. I have an 11-year-old child, and she's come down to Eva's many times because she came here with work with me. And for her to hear her tell her friends at school about what we do here and is a great thing. And for kids to start to realize and our families to realize how many people are out there that need extra help. Um, sometimes people just need a helping hand to get them moving again. You know, sometimes a smile is enough to help people have hope to be able to move on. Uh, the helping hand, whatever we're able to give them is a wonderful thing, no matter where you are in your own life. Um, when I look at Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holidays, we've got so many people who come here and they come and they, they're, they'll be walking in tomorrow for Thanksgiving saying, Happy Thanksgiving, and it's it's a great day because we're able to take care of so many more that come to us. So, You know, and doesn't it, doesn't it make you think, you know, when you're having a bad day and you say, oh, you know, this is awful and this is such a bad day, and then you see people who really have a bad situation and they're coming in and they're happy and excited to get a meal uh-huh. on Thanksgiving. Isn't it amazing you know, how, how we as the privilege, focus on something that went wrong in our day and our whole world is collapsing when there's really people out there who are so positive and, and they're in what we would perceive to be very difficult circumstances. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it is. You wind up where, like you said, you have the bad day. All you need to do is to walk down to our kitchen or to walk into one of our programs and you realize how lucky you are. And truly there, but for the grace of God, go I. And how each one of us, you know, the bad days should just roll off our backs because whatever we've got going on, I mean, everybody has their own individual struggles, but things could be much worse than what they are. I mean, so we always need to be appreciative of that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for those of you who haven't experienced that, go go contact Eva's and go help and go see what it means and, and what it can do to you as a person to help somebody else in need, to help another person, not to help the poor, but to help another person in need. And how many times in our lives where you know maybe we don't have the, the, the dire circumstances that some of the people that you're working with do, but sometimes you know you just need a shoulder to lean on or somebody to help you work through something. And and you know, I'm talking about those of us in business, those of us who, you know, are are privileged. You know, you still need help from people, and that's what these people need too. They just need a helping hand. And so, you know, when you look at these people, um, you know, Marie, do you do you see them as the poor, or do you just see them as people? I just see them as people. I, I you know, you can't just look at you. Can't, you can't put them in a box. You know, everybody is different, and I see those people, people who've come on hard times, people who have made mistakes, people who are trying to do things differently this time around, people who need help. And, uh, you know, the same way I said before, who hasn't made a mistake in their life? Who hasn't needed help at some point in time in their life? I know I've needed help for different things where you just sometimes you just need help, and that's what we're here for for these people. They need help, and we want to give it to them. 
So what does tomorrow look like for those who are going to be dining at Eva's Kitchen? Uh, tomorrow will be a regular good old Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, we're very lucky that we have we have turkey, stuffing, uh, cranberries, the whole shebang, mashed potatoes, uh, the whole shebang, the, the normal Thanksgiving dinner, and that's what we will be able to be serving to all of our people tomorrow. Many, and we were very lucky that we had a donation that enabled us to do that. How many people are you expecting? Uh, we probably On Thanksgiving, we generally have between 400 and 500 people. Wow. That it's, is a it's, very, a, it's a large day, yes. Yeah. It is amazing. Marie, I want to I wanna thank you so much for being on today and talking about Eva's Kitchen. Um, can you tell people, I know you gave out the website, let's give it out again, and any other contact information that you would like to provide so that people can contact Eva's and get involved and, and really help it make a difference. Our website is www.evasvillage.org. And on our website, it has information about all of our programs. It gives information about how you can donate time and or money to our mission. And our phone number is 973-523-6220. Uh, if people want to work out, if they want to help out by volunteering or setting up some sort of a program, uh, they can call and ask for our volunteer coordinator. And she's the one who sets up volunteers for our kitchen and our other programs. And if you didn't, and if you didn't write it down, you can go over to our website utlradio.com. We have links on the uh, the show notes for today's show, so you can get right to Eva's Village and just click that link and go through and look at the stuff. I mean, it's it's really a very um, uh, it's a good website, you know, and and there's a lot of information there. Uh, it's easy for you to help. Just take that first step and help somebody and see what kind of impact it has on them and you. So you know. Do it, and, and don't just do it now. Do it all year long because it's so important to help people. Marie, thank you again. Um, I no, wish thank you, you Peter. I appreciate you giving us the time to talk today. Thank you. Absolutely. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. I'm sure that everything uh, with your Eva's family is going to go wonderfully tomorrow for their big family Thanksgiving. Um, you know, But I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know things are very busy you know, the day before Thanksgiving, and you've taken the time to, you know, explain what you do to our listeners, and I thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much, and we'll be thinking of you tomorrow, and I wish you and your family and all the listeners' families a happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays as well. Thank you, Marie. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, uh, you know, we just talked to Marie. She's the uh, executive, it's Marie Rieger, the executive director at Eva's Village in Patterson, New Jersey. And um, really, the things that I say um, and that I've said throughout this this broadcast are, you know, my personal thoughts, my personal feelings. I've I've had situations where I've had the opportunity to deal or help people on an individual basis, and it is so much more fulfilling for me personally to be able to see somebody. And the joy that the, the little bit of help that I've given, um, it really, it, it can change your life. It, it really can because, you know, I think back to certain scenarios and situations that I was involved in, and, and I'm not going to get into specifics because they're, they're personal things that, that, that are for me. Um, but I think of at least two situations where I had the privilege of being able to directly um, impact somebody's life. And it changed me 
You know, uh, it, it was a wonderful thing. And it's so much easier to just write a check or to, you know, give a donation. It takes a little bit more to have that personal connection. But I guarantee you that not only will you be helping somebody else, but you're going to be helping yourself. You're going to be, you know, healing yourself because all of us, like Marie said, we've all made mistakes. We all have challenges in our lives. Some of us are more fortunate than others. But everybody's got a talent or something, time, talent, money that we can give. Even if you don't have money to give, you have a, a talent or the time. And unlike other organizations, Eva's takes anything. You know, I, I know for a fact, I've tried through, through our business, where we've, we've contacted over the years a lot of organizations that uh, you know, we work with and we try to give donations and we try to partner with them for certain events. And I've had people tell me directly, no, that's too, much. That's too, too, too small. We're, no, we need more. And I, I'll hang up the phone and I'll think to myself, well, that's the best we can do. But I, why wouldn't you accept that? I mean, who turns away charity is the way that I think about it. And, um, you know, Eva's is not like that. And, and for those people out there that are cynical, and I have to admit, I'm quite cynical more often than not. Um, but those people out there that say charities are scams and, you know, you donate to them and it doesn't go to where it's going. And you know what? To an extent, I have to say, the cynical side of me, that, yeah, there are organizations out there like that. There are places that you're going to donate your money to and you don't know where it goes. Right? But Eva's is one of them. They have been around, you know, for a very long time. And I remember being in grammar school, I went to a Catholic grammar school, and at the time it was just Eva's Kitchen. I mean, it had just really kind of come into existence. And I remember doing things for Eva's Kitchen, helping it grow, um, you know, as as a, a school community, things that we would do. And to see it grow from its inception back in the 80s to where it is right now, to the point where it's a village, and it truly is a village, is an amazing, amazing thing. And they are helping so many people, directly impacting their lives, willing to accept whatever we can give. And I think that we should try to give what we can to an organization like this. So for those of you out there that are always cautious about who you give to, give to an organization that's going to make a difference, one that you can trust. And, and look, I, I'm not getting anything for this. I'm, Eva's not paying me to say this. This is truly how I feel because I believe my philosophy on giving, and for those of you that know our firm, know what sort of things we're involved with, it's not the check writing to large organizations, the March of Dimes. You know, I prefer to get involved in local charitable organizations. We do the, the, the CHD Coalition Heart Walk every year. Um, obviously, there's a connection with my son who has a heart issue, but we go and, and I... Every single year that I've been there, right, no matter how hard I try, I end up shedding some tears because when I see these kids and, and the struggles and challenges and how they've overcome and the people that, that are supporting, it touches me. And I, I've grown very hardened and cynical as, as I've aged and, and, you know, in business it becomes sometimes uh, difficult to have a lot of emotion come into play because, you know, as an attorney, you're negotiating, you've got to, you, 
do the best you can for your client, put on a particular um, attitude or way of, of handling yourself. But, um, you know, there's parts of me that, that, that just love to directly impact somebody. And I think that Eva's gives you the opportunity to do that. So look into them. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you're listening to this, this broadcast from. You know, for those of you who are listening live, go to Eva's, org and, and look what they have to offer. For those of you who are going to download this episode later, it doesn't matter what state you're in. It doesn't matter where you're from. You know, people are people, and this is an organization that I support and believe in, someone that you can trust. And um, And again, I mean, this is... Sounds like a sales pitch. Sounds like, you know, oh my gosh, Eva's Village is paying them to say it. Absolutely not. I just think that what they do is so amazing. And I encourage everyone to try to get involved. You know, and and if you're in another state and you don't want to donate to Eva's, look for the organizations like Eva's in your state. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. I just mentioned to you the, the coalition, um, Congenital Heart uh you know, uh, coalition. And I've been approached by other organizations, much larger organizations that we've been involved with, um, heart-related organizations. We've donated some money, but there's a, a difference between what they have come and approached us for. It's all financial. It's all money and here's where this money's going to go research and this and that but there's there's that lack of personal connection and um you know the idea of fundraising the idea of trying to to collect money for a cause is wonderful and I'm not knocking it at all but for me personally I'd rather do something that has a direct impact on somebody else not through um a large scale donation and I have no idea where that money goes to I'd rather take what money we donate and give it to some organization that, that can really impact people. And at this time of year, you know, we're thinking about that, thinking about coat drives and toy drives. and But don't forget the feeling of giving throughout the rest of the year. Because just because it's warm outside, just because it's hot outside, that doesn't mean that people aren't in need of food or shelter, or support. We forget, I think, that we categorize. And Marie said it very well. She said that, that you can't put people in boxes. And how many times have you seen a homeless person and looked away? How many times have you seen somebody in need and turned your back? Because it's easier to ignore it. It's easier to walk away. It's easier not to bring that, you know quote-unquote negative element into your life, into your holiday celebration, into your summer vacation. It's easier to forget about it. Turn away. Close your eyes. Yes, it's easier. But it's not the right thing to do. And we're all guilty of it. Every single one of us has at one time or another seen somebody in need and turned away. You know, um, I'm going to share a story with you that you may or may not believe, and you may think that you know, I'm crazy, uh, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. And I, I don't share this story often. 
But I I happen to be um you know an average religious guy. I'm not super duper religious. I'm I'm not um you know, someone that, that, that makes it to church every single week, but I, I do my best. Um, and, and years ago, when I was in college, I was on my way home from school, and I was going to get gas at a gas station in, uh, in this one particular town. And I'm at the gas station, and I'm, I'm sitting in the seat of the driver's seat of my car, and I'm looking around, and on the passenger side of the car... I'm approached by this woman, and she was much older, you know, in her 70s at least, and tattered, tattered clothing, um, looked homeless, and I had the windows down. My initial instinct was to roll the windows up so that I didn't get shot or mugged or whatever, right? Because that's the way we're conditioned. So I quickly shut the window. And she's standing there, and she knocked on the window. And I'm trying not to look at her. And I'm looking away, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, what's going on here? What does what, what she want? She's trying to, you know, take money from me. What's going on? And she knocks again. And I roll the window down a crack, and she said, can you give me a ride? And right away I say, no, I can't. Sorry. I, I've got an appointment to get to. And it's just... Fear and you know something's wrong. She's going to steal my car. She's going to hijack my car or hold me up. Crazy thoughts, right? But but you've all been in situations where you can, you know, you can you can kind of relate to what I'm I'm describing. So I start to pull out of the gas station, and I I thought to myself, wait a minute, I I can't do this. Something, I, this woman, why am I ignoring her? What's going on? And I stopped, and she caught up to the car, and I said, get in. And, yeah, I was I was afraid. And right now I'm not advocating picking up hitchhikers. Um, but this was a different, unique situation. I drove the woman really no more than 30 or, or 40, maybe 50 feet, just a couple blocks down the street. And she said to me, you can let me out here, please. And she got out, and it was at a stoplight, and she closed the door. It was a large, open walkway. No buildings. It was just a sidewalk going down the street. You could see the sidewalk, you know, for a mile. There, was, there were no buildings to go in. This was a, a rural area, just a sidewalk. And I turned to look at the stoplight, and I turned back to look at the woman, and this happened within seconds, and she was gone. Gone. Nowhere. And I turned the car, and I drove down the street because I couldn't believe my eyes that this woman was not there. And I drove down the street that she was walking down, and she wasn't there. And, and this is a story that I, I keep with me uh, because whether, you know, some of you think I'm crazy, some of you think, you know, whatever, um, for me, I think that 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 this was uh, sort of uh, an angel because it was too amazing a thing to explain it in any other way, and it's something that you know I, I oftentimes 
I think back on and I think back on that experience and you know whatever it was whatever happened it was amazing and you know I think about that sometimes now as I'm much older and much more cynical and you know your your initial instinct when somebody comes to you for help is to turn away because you don't want to be bothered it's so easy to do that but you know you don't know who you're helping you don't know who and and regardless of of your religious beliefs regardless of how you feel we're all people and um you know whether you want to call it uh, karma or you want to call it whatever it doesn't make a difference the fact is that you don't know who you're helping but you do know that there are people and that there are people in need and if you can afford and i don't mean monetarily but if you can afford your time your talents to help somebody, why not? We are all part of this large, larger community. And, you know, everybody wants, they talk about peace, right? Well, peace starts with us. It starts with, with us being willing to help people. And, you know, when you help people, sure, people are going to take advantage of you. They are. But what's the alternative? To stop helping because one or two people took advantage of you? And and I say I say the answer to that is no. So, you know, I, I say this to you, we're we're talking about, you know, these these sort of charitable activities. I told you this story. Why? Because at this time of year, the day before Thanksgiving, when we are, are supposed to sit down and be thankful for what we have. Not for what we don't have. You know, this holiday, as with most of our holidays, They've been so morphed and and warped from what the original intention was that we lose sight of why we're doing the things we're doing. You know, Thanksgiving is not about Black Friday. Thanksgiving is not about what store is opened so that as soon as I swallow the turkey, I can run and get online. That is not what it is about. It's about being thankful for what we have. And all of us have something to be thankful for. When I hear Marie tell the story about those people coming in for Thanksgiving dinner at Eva's Village with smiles on their face saying, Happy Thanksgiving, and I think about us who are miserable because we've got to see our in-laws or family members or friends that we don't like, and, you know, ugh, I don't want to do this, it's too much work, all these things that go through our head. And I think about what, what Marie said, here's somebody coming in for a meal so happy and thankful and we're so miserable about everything and when you look at what we have compared to those people who have nothing don't you think they they must think to themselves and they probably don't because you know for somebody to come in and be happy about having a thanksgiving meal but if if we were in their shoes wouldn't we be thinking to ourselves oh those people are so lucky they have so much because isn't that isn't that our human nature you know, those of us who have things, don't we look at other people and say, well, they have more and they have better and why don't I have that? Well, imagine not having a house or imagine not having somewhere to live or imagine not having food. Wouldn't you be looking for help too? Wouldn't you be looking for somebody to help you get back on your feet? How would you feel when somebody didn't want to look you in the eyes or they turned away? How would you feel? Think about that. 
Think about that this Thanksgiving when you're sitting down with your family, your friends. Think about it for a second. It's important to keep the idea of Thanksgiving, you know, on the right path. We can't, we can't stop capitalism. We can't stop stores from opening. We can't stop Black Friday. And, and you know, look, quite honestly, I, I like going out Black Friday. It's fun. And there's nothing wrong with it. But don't lose sight of why we're having these holidays. Don't lose sight of the meaning behind them. Because if they just become a day off, or they just become a bargain shopping day, then we're doing ourselves, our community, our country, a disservice. You know, these are our special times, the holidays. And for so many of us, we complain about so many things. You want to see joy? Go to Eva's village tomorrow and see the joy that these people who have nothing are experiencing because they have a Thanksgiving meal. And, and, you know, this isn't meant to be a lecture. It's not meant to be a downer. But it's, it's meant to be, you know, an awakening. We are so automated. Christmas is coming. Got to buy presents. Got to wrap presents. Got to do this. Got to do that. Why are we doing these things? I think just take a second, just a second of your day tomorrow and just reflect on what Thanksgiving is. What are we thankful for? Don't just say words. Think about it. And then think about how we can help other people. Think about what it would cost you to bring joy to one other person and what benefits even if you want to think about this as, an, as a selfish approach, think about the benefit that you will receive. Get your kids involved in things. Let your kids see what life is really like. Don't shelter them. Don't keep them away from people in need. You know, we want to we want to grow better children. We want to make this a better world. Don't hide your kids from the realities. Now, look, I'm not saying go into a crack den and bring your kids so they can see how the other side of life is. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is protect your kids because we want them innocent. At least I do. I want my kids to remain as innocent as possible for as long as possible. But I want them to understand why they should be thankful. And I want them to understand the joy of helping other people. It brings me joy when I can see my kids doing something. They'll, they'll come home from school and they'll tell me a story about how you know, somebody forgot their lunch money and, and they give them their lunch. And I'm so proud of my kids for doing that because it's a nice thing. And there's not enough nice things in this world, not enough nice people. We can all be nice. We just have to shed that, that cynicism that we all have. I admit it to you, I've, I've become cynical. But there's still that glimmer of hope in all of us that we can do something to impact in a positive way the lives of other people. And that's 
what this show is about today. Um, that's what Thanksgiving is about. That's what the holidays are about. And and we're all human. We're all looking at the coupons for Friday. But just do me that favor and take that second and think about what we're thankful for. But really reflect on it. And if you want to help, go to Eva's Village. Eva'sVillage.org. The link is on utlradio.com. Go at least look what they have to offer. Look at the wonderful things that they're doing to help people who want the help. And I'd like to um, you know, thank Marie Rieger again. She's the executive director at Eva's Village. Thank you for taking the time out today to be on this program the day before Thanksgiving in, in a, a snowstorm that we're experiencing here in, uh, in North Jersey. And it was very, very appreciated and kind of you to, to donate your time so that we can better understand the good things that Eva's Village does. So I'm going to wrap up. I've um, probably lectured way too long. I hope that you've stuck with me and that you understand you know, why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'd like to thank you for uh, your continued support with respect to our radio program. Um, just this week I received a number of very nice comments and emails from listeners. And believe me, we, we read and respond to every single comment or question that comes in. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for um, subscribing, for listening to us, for sticking with us, and for uh, your participation in what we're doing. Because this is, I've said it a hundred times before, but this is our way of giving back to the community because um, because I can. You know, I give the legal information that I, I, I do because I want to share some of myself with you. And I want to make a difference in this world. Um, and, and that's why we do it. We, we do these radio shows for you. And I want to thank you for your participation and for following us. Uh, if you are looking for more information about us or you know somebody else that might benefit from subscribing to this show or for following us on social media and getting that information that we're giving, direct them to the website, utlradio.com. All the links to the social media pages are at the top of the page. You can email us directly. The phone number's on there. You can call us. In the last few weeks, you know, I've been asking people to send in uh, a list of, of, of topics that they would like to see in the coming year discussed so that we can update and increase our video library and we can bring on um, you know, exciting guests as, as we have throughout the year. So don't hesitate to send in your comments and suggestions because they will be taken very seriously. I also remind everybody that uh, coming up in December, we will have uh, a, a number of special guests, uh, Matt Roloff, he is um, the owner of Roloff Farms and the star of, uh, I believe it's on TLC. Um, he's a, a star of the television show. They've, they've had uh, Little People, Big World. They've had um, the Wedding Farm or Wedding Barn, different variations of the show. But he's going to be on with us, and that's going to be a really great show. Uh, Matt's a very charismatic guy. Um, you know, he has his own physical challenges. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how he's managed to overcome 
and the success that he has experienced and what it takes to be a success um, because he, you might look at him and say, oh, he's got so many challenges, but it doesn't seem to me that that's how we view him. So it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that show. We also have uh, Captain Overshoff, who is going to be coming on in December. Um, for those of you who don't know, Captain Abershoff commanded the U.S. Benfold, which received the number one rating in the U.S. Navy when he was in command. So we're going to talk to him about leadership and um, you know what we can learn from him. Uh, he's a fascinating guy as well. I mean, he took the Benfold, which was a very, very, um, uh, it was a failing crew. You know, they had some of the worst scores in the Navy on some of the training exercises. And by the time he was done with the Benfold, they were number one. And he set the bar for future commanders. So we're, we're excited to have him. Uh, we're working on getting Captain Lee back to finish part two of our interview with him. Captain Lee, obviously, from Below Deck. We also have been speaking with Corden Jet McCoy uh, from The Amazing Race. We had Cordon. Uh, earlier in the year, his brother Jet would like to come on. We're going to have them. Uh, we've got Alan Fisher coming back on. So we've got a lot of guests that that we're going to have in the next uh, you know few weeks. And then we're working on a very very good schedule of shows for January. You know, January is the time when we're organizing and we're dieting and we're doing all these things. And uh, you know, we're sort of going to do some shows that reflect that that feeling. We're going to have. Um, some guests on to talk about the importance of physical fitness and health with respect to your business productivity. We're going to have guests on that talk about the importance of organization and its impact on business success. So January is going to be a very, very good, fun, exciting month. We're going to have a lot of topics that deal with organization and planning and goal setting and health. It's going to be you know, a, a really great month. I'm very much looking forward to the people that we're going to have on in January. So uh, that's going to do it for today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and for downloading this. I'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Remind everybody again the importance of taking that moment tomorrow and thinking about what you are truly thankful for and then getting involved with organizations like Eva's Village and making a difference in people's lives who need help. So, again, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. We will be back Monday live uh, with my co-host, Bob Hughes, doing the Week in Review. And um, check utlradio.com and look at the schedule of guests that we have coming up in December. Thanks again for listening and for sticking with us and for subscribing and for your comments. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And remember that there's power in understanding the law. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.